Good afternoon, everyone. This is the first episode of Football Tonight. My name is Sawyer, and I will be co-hosting the show with my brother Addison, who will join us for the next episode. We don't really have any football background, per se, just fans who spend a lot of time watching the game. Um, this episode will be brief. I just put together a rough mock of the top 10 picks for this year's draft. Um, I'm just going to talk about a few strengths and weaknesses for each player. I don't think these are the top 10 prospects in the draft, but um, this is just the most likely scenario, in my opinion. So as a reminder, the first round starts tonight at 8 p.m. Um, it's happening in Las Vegas, so I'll just get right into it. The Right now, the New York Jets have the 10th pick in the draft. Um, there's been a lot of speculation about them trading out of this pick because they have the number four pick as well. Um, I have them here, assuming there's no trades. I have them taking Derek Stingley Jr., the corner from LSU. Um, in my opinion, he's the number one cornerback in the draft. A lot of people have Sauce Gardner above him, but I'll get into that a little bit later on. But um, as far as Stingley, his grandfather played wide receiver for the Patriots, and his dad played center field for the Phillies. Um, so he has definitely good genes, very athletic, um, and being a corner from LSU gives him a good shot, in my opinion, to be the lockdown corner in the NFL. Um, for talking LSU corners, you think about Patrick Peterson. Um, had a long career in Arizona. He's now in Minnesota. Um, obviously, you have him. You also have Christian Fulton, who's now on the Titans. Greedy Williams is in Cleveland. Uh, Dante Jackson is in Carolina. And probably the best active LSU corner is Tredavious White in Buffalo. Um, yeah, a lot of people call LSU uh, corner U or CBU. Um, I think that Stingley's going to be really good. Um, he's probably the most athletic player in this class. Um, he's gone toe-to-toe against um, as good of wide receivers as he's going to see in the NFL. He went against guys exactly like that in college, like uh, Judy and Ruggs a few years ago, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Toney, and then um, Jameson Williams this year. Not 100% certain he was healthy for that Bama game this year. But anyways, yeah, also went up against guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in practice. Um, corner is one of those positions where I I would really favor a guy coming out of the SEC or the Big Ten even um, who are going up against wide receivers on a weekly basis who are of the same caliber that they're going to see in the NFL. Um, though couple downsides to Stingley he would I think he would definitely be a top three to four pick if it wasn't for the torn ligament in his foot um a lot of experts say he loses the ball occasionally um I only watched a couple LSU games I didn't I didn't notice that but it was I remember hearing a lot more about him a few years ago I think his freshman year in 2019 he um put up better numbers and was arguably better than he is now coming out as a junior um but the upside to him if he can stay healthy definitely puts him as uh the number one corner in this class in my opinion uh nfl comp i have stefan gilmore um just because similar frame uh and stefan as we all know was the nfl defensive player of the year a few years ago uh he had a decent year in carolina last year and he got a big deal with the colts um during this free agency, so 
yeah, I think I think Stingley is the best corner in this class. I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more when I get to Sauce Gardner's pick, who I do believe is going above Stingley, just because of the injury concern and um, a lot of the hype around Gardner in the past couple of weeks. But anyways, pick number nine, I have Seattle taking Charles Cross, um, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Uh, the guys like Cross, Neal, and Iquonu, I I feel like they're I could see any of the three going going above the other two. I have Cross at third um, just for a couple reasons, but he stands at six five three oh seven. He ran a four nine five forty. I know forty is not the biggest um, indicator of success for tackles, but he's fairly athletic for his size. Um, he's really strong. He likely won't be bull rushed in the NFL. Um, he played in a pass-happy Mississippi State offense. They were obviously in the SEC. They went 7-6. and six. They were playing from behind a lot, passing on first, second, and third down a lot of a lot of series. So um, he was dropping back in pass coverage a lot, which O-linemen like to get into the run blocking a little bit just to keep the pass rushers um, uh, you know, a little bit on their heels instead of uh, anticipating pass. So I think playing in an uh, offense like Mississippi State is just drop. They were dropping back um, most plays, every every third down, most most first and second downs. Even I think the fact that he held up in that um, offense is definitely a good sign. Um, weakness. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's been beaten off the edge. Uh, Often he's, you know, when you're standing at 6'5", 307, um, the, the Von Millers and guys like that are going to get around you a lot of times, more often than not, but, well, not more often than not, but anyways, yeah, that's what a lot of people are pointing out as a weakness for him. Um, I saw NFL comps for him, like a better version of Taylor Moten or like a Tristan Wirfs who has gotten off to a terrific start, but um yeah, that's pretty much all I got for Charles Cross. Pick number eight is Atlanta. Um, I, I've i seen a lot of people saying Atlanta is going to take a quarterback, whether that's Malik Willis or maybe even trading back for Kenny Pickett or a guy like that. But uh, I don't I don't think that they do go quarterback here. Um, but they're going to do a quarterback, but I have Garrett Wilson. Um the Ohio State wide receiver who uh, he has a lot of upside. He he's fast. He ran a four three eight at the NFL Combine. Um, he may have run faster than that at the uh, Ohio State Pro Day, but he made a name for himself in an offense that had uh, Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, as well as a uh, fairly uh, prominent run game. But he kind of emerged as wide receiver one. Um, throughout the course of the year. I think Smith and Jigba, he had a big day, I know, towards the end of the year against Michigan. Um, he he kind of took over a little bit at the end, and then um, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave sat out of the uh, bowl game. So Smith and Jigba, I think that was the game he had, like 300 yards, but I think we'll, we'll get into him next year. But anyways, yeah, Garrett Wilson emerged as wide receiver one on a, in a stacked wide receiver room with three first-rounders. Olave... I don't think he's going top 10, but he he should be in the 10 to 20 range. Um, and Olave, I, I believe, was wide receiver one last, that last year, the 2020 season. And um, 
returned and Wilson put up better numbers. I think he had more yards uh, than Olave even. Um, and he can also play punt returner and kick returner. I know a few years into um, probably the rookie deal or maybe once he gets on a second deal with the team, they probably uh, wouldn't want someone that valuable back there. But um, rookie year, it's great to – I think it's great to just get the ball in their hands as many times as they can. Um, and the guys like Antonio Brown, like even Des Bryant, guys like these played played punt return when they first got into the league. And I think I think it's good for, uh, for young wide receivers who can do that to do that. And I think he would be a good fit in the Atlanta – in the Atlanta offense, obviously they don't have Ridley for this whole next year because <laughs> he was betting on NFL games. But yeah, I think this just makes sense with Ridley out for the year. And I I believe Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver in this draft. But um, I think that the Giants picking seven before Atlanta is going to take Drake London, the USC wide receiver. I think he'll be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, Garrett Wilson, I have NFL comp Stefan Diggs. Just kind of doesn't wow you with really anything physically about him. Um, but he produces, and uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a great NFL wide receiver. So, number seven, Giants also have two top 10 picks, both New York teams. And both New York teams really can't go wrong if they're taking a good player. They have needs really everywhere. Um, I don't think either are taking a quarterback. Obviously, the Jets just got Wilson last year, but I have the Giants taking London, the USC wide receiver. Uh, unlike a lot of the wide receivers in this draft, he's kind of your big possession receiver, aerial guy. He's going to go up and win a 50-50 ball. Um, I also think that with the Giants dealing Kadarius Toney, who they just drafted um, either last year or the year before that, I think he's a... London will be a good pairing with Sterling Shepard, who's, uh, I think, shorter, uh, shorter uh, speed, yard-after-catch guy. And I think I think Drake London could do a lot for Daniel Jones. And uh, just being that possession receiver guy that um, gets you the third and four uh, out route, um, stuff like that. Weaknesses I have for him, he, he's pretty slow in general, especially for a top-10 wide receiver. Uh, you don't see guys like him go in the top-10 very often. Um, his he's slow of his release, his route running, um, not too hard to run with, and I I don't think he'll be a big uh, yard after catch guy. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't think he's as good of a wide receiver as Garrett or yeah Garrett Wilson. I don't know if he's even better than Chris Olave, but um, I don't know. It just feels like a it feels like a Giants draft pick to me, and um, I see him going at seven. Number six, I have. The Carolina Panthers selecting Sauce Gardner, the corner from UC. As I said, I, I do think Stingley's a better corner if he stays healthy. Um, Sauce Gardner has a lot of upside, though. He was one of the main catalysts behind UC's playoff run here, uh, along with Desmond Ritter. He He's he's really big for a corner, standing at 6'3". Um, uh, other strengths I have, his mindset, he... I think he said the other, the other week he won't give up a touchdown in the NFL or um, something along those lines. I think a lot of times to be on that island at corner, you almost kind of need a mindset like that to uh, to really be really be great. 
kind of like your Richard Sherman or Jalen Ramsey uh, type personalities. I could see him uh, growing into one of those. Uh, Pro Football Focus has their own grading system. They have him uh, very highly rated, uh, number one corner in the class. And, um, yeah, he had a lot of success in college when the ball was thrown his way, which it almost never was this past season. Uh, Richard Sherman says he's the best corner in the draft. Take that as you may. Um, weaknesses, he played in the American Conference. This is the biggest thing for me, as I was talking about Stingley earlier. I don't I don't know if, like, the Marshall wide receivers are um, great for evaluating whether this guy is going to – I have him going to the Panthers. So if he's going to run with uh, guys in the NFC South or if he's going to go up with Mike Evans or – Chris Chris Godwin come down with the ball or break up the pass. I just don't, I don't know. He may, but I feel like, I feel like he needs to go up against better wide receivers for us to get a fair evaluation of him. Um, also, for being a six three corner, he's not very physical in the in the run game, getting in and making tackles. A lot of people have talked about his weak lower body. Um, scrawny legs, I guess. He was also called for a decent amount of PI, so I, I got some UC uh, UC fans, some friends of mine who point to, oh, he hasn't given up a, a, a catch in this many games or whatever. He gives up 5.4 yards per catch or something like that, and then you look at like the PI numbers, and it, it kind of makes sense, but that doesn't pop up in a... Um, in like a quick survey of his stats and or a PFF grade, I don't I don't think takes all of that into account. So yeah, I as a Carolina Panther fan myself, I'm gonna be pretty disappointed to see um, him go at number six, especially after we took Horn uh, last year in the top ten. But yeah, I it would not surprise me. Um, number five, I have Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Giants. This is tough because. A few months ago, he was the consensus number one overall pick, it seemed. He was a number one high school recruit in the 2019 class. Um, I think he's from out west. I think maybe California. He So, yeah, consensus number one a few months ago. It seemed like right after the right after Georgia beat Bama, I started talking about the draft. A lot of people were talking about him being number one pick, and I watched a few Oregon games. I He was good when he wasn't injured when he was playing the game. I think he had 50, 50 total tackles at solo and combined, seven sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, at the combine, he ran a 4.58, which is excellent for a 258-pound defensive end. He also stands at 6.5. He did 27 bench reps, uh, bench press reps of... Uh, that that's good for a defensive end. I think Hutchinson did a couple more than that. Um, he's fast. He doesn't get involved in the run game too much, but that's not uncommon for a for a guy like him. He he's gonna be like a. I think he's gonna be. He could be a really good third down rusher, and he can he can he can get in and stop the run on first and second down if if he's on a team that um, can force third downs. He'll be more effective. Obviously, I don't know if the Giants are. Um, super stout on defense right now, but uh, yeah, he uh, a lot of I know a lot of experts were saying his football IQ. Um, he has kind of failed to recognize rundowns this past year. Where uh, what I mean by that is, um, you know, like all defensive ends want to get off the line, get outside, or 
make a move inside to get to the quarterback. But more often than not, um, it's kind of about recognizing the rundowns and what like where what are the rundowns, what are the pass downs. If it's if it's second and one, there's a good chance I don't need to be trying to make um, some elaborate edge move to get to the quarterback because now I just opened up a huge run hole on my side. A lot of people were saying he didn't do a good enough job of recognizing that last year. But the main thing with him, the main drawback is the injuries. Um, he, I think he missed he missed a good amount of their games last year, and it's just hard to take someone this high when they already have um, when they already have an injury history like this. But yeah, like I said, he's hard. A lot of people have him in the top three or four, and a lot of people have him outside the top ten. Um, yep, yeah, I have him at number five though. Number four, I have the Jets taking Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. He stands at 6'8", 337. He was also mocked number one overall a few months back. I think right after the right after the Thibodeau um, trend, I think Neal was the uh, I think Neal kind of dethroned him as the number one uh, mocked player. He dropped 15 pounds I think since they uh, lost to Georgia in the national championship. He's certainly more athletic than a 330-pound O-lineman should be. He has good technique. He's, I think he's more refined than um, your Iquonu or Charles Cross, and a lot of that comes with playing at um, Alabama under the coaching staff there. Um, he has... Uh, the biggest thing for me is his SEC comp that he's played over the last few years, blocking guys like... Uh, Kingsley and Igbari uh, from South Carolina, I believe. Derek Hall, Tyree Johnson, Trevon Walker did an excellent job on him in both matchups with Georgia. And then you know going up a guy, going up against a guy like Will Anderson in practice, who um, was definitely a Heisman ceremony snub. Um, I forget he had maybe 18 sacks. I could be wrong about that, but I know he had more than Hutchinson, who finished third place in Heisman voting, right behind Pickett. Um, yeah, he's he's a guy who he he has uh, done a really good job on SEC defensive ends, and um, yeah, I would I would I think he might be the best tackle in the draft. I have the Jets taking him at number four, and again the the Jets have need on O line still. I know they took Quinnen Williams, I believe, uh, two years ago, but a team like the Jets really cannot go wrong if you're taking a really good prospect. Um, like Neil. Uh, number three, I have the Texans taking Iki Iquonu from uh, NC State, also an offensive tackle. Um, him and Neil are pretty interchangeable, in my opinion. Iquonu is a little bit smaller, 6'4", 310. Um, Iki's not his real name. He was nicknamed uh, Iki because of his resemblance to Iki Woods, uh, the Cincinnati running back. He has, I've heard a lot about his infectious personality, good locker room guy that... Um, I think it'd help a team like the Texans got rid of Watson. Um, I don't know. Definitely can't hurt to get a guy like that. Uh, he was first team APL American at a very competitive position. Like I said, the offensive tackle spot is very strong in this draft. So to be uh, APL American first team a tackle says a lot. Uh, for He's a better run blocker, I think, than he is pass blocker from what I've read. Uh, he's kind of raw in the pass blocking with his hands. I think he 
he's penalized for some holds and uh, he gets a little bit outside um, in the pass blocking. Uh, he has a fear of like the edge rush. Uh, so he gets outside early and I think he leaves gaps a lot inside as far as pass blocking. Run blocking, I think he's a day one starter and um, not too much not too much technical work needs to be done there. But yeah, him and Neil, they're, they're tough. I, I have Iquonu at three and Neil at four though right now. Um, number two, I have the Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. He's 6'7", 260. This pick just makes a lot of sense. It always kind of felt like he was going to be a Lion. Um, he's from Michigan, played at Michigan. Um, the Lions in Detroit would make, make sense as far as uh, hometown and all that. His dad played at Michigan. Uh, strengths, he has a really good blend of size and speed, kind of like Thibodeau in that regard. Um, he showed up in the Michigan's biggest games of the year. He had two sacks versus Ohio State. Um, and, yeah, he, he's another guy who was, he was mocked number one overall until I think about yesterday or the day before that when um, Trevon Walker from Georgia started get, picking up a little bit more speed. Uh, yeah, I don't. Having watched a lot of Michigan games this year, I, I don't. Hutchinson doesn't strike me as your number one overall prospect talent-wise. Um, like like guys like he's not. I don't think he's a Miles Garrett. I don't. I don't even know if he's a Chase Young um, type of guy. I, it's just in a draft like this where there's not a consensus number one. He's a safe. He's a safe number one. I don't. I don't. I think the chances of him being bust are very low. Um, but he's certainly not the most talented player in this draft. A, a lot of people have talked about um, how he's ineffective when he doesn't get his little uh, charge up kind of motion, getting like a good jump and a few steps before contact has been huge for him. If you watch his highlight reel, almost all of his sacks come off like great jumps, getting that. I don't know. A lot of people call it like a charge up. I don't. Thing is, if he was getting that in college, I don't understand why he couldn't in the NFL as well. But if you watch the plays where he doesn't get a get a great jump like that, he's ineffective without his momentum a lot of times. Um, he also may have benefited from playing on the other side of Ojabo, uh, who should be a first rounder. He tore his Achilles at Michigan's pro day. He may slide to the second. But anyways, when you're playing with a first rounder on the other side like that, they're gonna double you less than they would be a guy like uh, Thibodeau um, or even Trayvon Walker. If if you don't have two ends, two edge rushers like that, then um, it can be a lot harder. But he did benefit from playing on the other side of Ojabo. See, I have him number two to the Lions. Um, I would have said number one a few days ago, but for number one now, I have Walker. Uh, it's interesting because the Jags ha- now have back-to-back number one overall picks. Uh, this is extremely rare because you have to be—I don't know if you call it a privilege or not—but you um, you have to be really bad to <laughs> for this to happen. You think if you get the number one overall pick, you take Trevor Lawrence, uh, you probably shouldn't get the number one overall again the next year. It's happened. I think the Browns did it in 17-18. They took. Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield uh, in back-to-back drafts, number one overall. And I also think the Bengals did it in the 90s. But I haven't taken Walker, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Uh, 6'5", 272. He ran a 4'5", 140. Um, 
the biggest thing with Walker was just his combine. I don't think that he was even mocked in the top 10 before his combine results. Um, obviously, he won the national championship at Georgia alongside uh, N'Kobe Dean. They have, you, you know, NFL players all over that defense. So it's kind of almost hard to to create some separation there. I think he could play defensive tackle in the NFL. I know at only 272, that'd make him a small tackle, but he was terrific in stopping the run game. Um, he did that well throughout the college football playoff, especially. Um, he didn't he didn't do much against Evan Neal whenever they uh, ran into Bama. I don't know if that says more for Evan Neal or Trayvon Walker, but anyways, I yeah I have him at number one. I, I don't I don't know if he should, but I think that's what's gonna happen tonight. Um, he didn't make too many plays with Georgia last year. Um, when you're evaluating defensive end, you're really only gonna um, highlight plays where they're you know pass rushing, getting to the quarterback. He didn't really do this like Hutchinson or Thibodeau did, um, but he was he was a better run stopper than those two, so uh, I will give him that. So yep, those are my those are my uh, top ten picks. I'll just read them again from one to ten uh, real quickly. I have Walker one, Hutchinson two, Ikuonu three, Neal four, um, Thibodeau five, Gardner six, London seven. Um, Wilson, 8, Cross, 9, and Stingley Jr., 10. So, yep, we'll see what happens tonight. And uh, if you guys enjoyed it, just tune in for the next episode. My co-host, Addison, uh, probably later, probably later this week, maybe this weekend, talk about post-draft thoughts, like draft grades for teams, and maybe a way too early power rankings, um, 1 through 32 for this year. So, That's it for episode one. Thanks.